Orale, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host Jorge Martin. Familia, we're almost, almost to the end, almost to the end. Final three of our NFL Insider Series. We are joined today by oh, yeah, you know we, we're going Nolans this one, so we know it's gonna be good. We know it's gonna be tasty. Plenty of sabor on this one. So, uh, but first <laughs> off, want to make sure you're going to Familia FFP on YouTube, Familia. Okay, make sure you're giving us hit that subscriber button, give us like, hit a comment anything you're gonna love what's coming in this uh, this one because this whole nfl insider series has been fantastic also want to make sure you're going to underdogfantasy.com use that promo code familia 23 it's best ball season familia you're going to be getting be able to draft draft and draft fantasy teams all the way up to kickoff on september 7th when you put in your first hundred dollars you're going to get matched up to the, the up to that first hundred dollars and you just keep drafting away there are tournaments as low as three dollars all the way up, there's the best ball mania that's for $25. Familia, get in there, get in there, get a chance, get a chance to win. And uh, Familia, we've we all, I always win when uh, our invitado joins us, especially you know, the, I've been calling he's one of our three timers, so one of the one of the people who's been on with us all every one of the of the past three seasons that I've done this NFL insider series. So, so grateful. It's John Hendricks, he's joining us from uh, Saints News. Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. I mean, he you, you see him all over the place. He's on YouTube everywhere for me. Make sure you're, you're following him. So uh, our amigo, John, I, I know you're coming straight from practice, so I really appreciate it. Muchas gracias for joining us. Bienvenido. Uh, thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me as always. It's always good to catch up and, and just reminisce. Take some time. It's been hot, but I'm here. I'm getting a lot more sun just to show everybody, like, this is my wrist. I wear an Apple Watch. I don't know if you see. That's how dark I've got. It's those those Honduran jeans that you know. I'm a little bit more uh, inept to the sun these days, but I still get my tan on when it comes to the summer down here. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, and just being being in the you know in in the heat of it and the in training camp and everything. So, um, no no easy segue, but we've got a new quarterback in New Orleans, Derek Carr. And obviously there's been, there were injuries to Jameis Winston last year. Andy Dalton came, uh, you know, came in and, and helped out. But now we got Derek Carr and this is, uh, you know, however many quarterbacks since Drew Brees uh, retired. So looking at him, lo looking at him, what's kind of like the feel for how he's picking up the offense and what, what how do we see this offense looking this year? Yeah, it's funny you bring that up because Eric McCoy, the center, uh, you know, he's he brought it up today, kind of like because you said that how many quarterbacks since Drew Brees? He said like he's like what you worked with like six different quarterbacks. I mean, COVID was a night nightmare, and then you had Andy Dalton and all these things. So yeah, they they've tried to find their answer, you know, that's that's not Drew Brees, and and things have happened. I, I hate that Jameis Winston got hurt. It stunk just because I wanted to see him go a full 17-game season. It's unfortunate, but, you know, unfortunately, yeah, it's, those things happen, and you're just wondering what could have been. So now you're looking at Derek Carr. Look, this is happening for, for months. He came, he visited New Orleans, had a great visit, and they understood who Derek is as a person. He's not somebody who comes in with a lot of flash. You know, he, he joked, he said, like, when they went to dinner – they match the restaurant of his, how his, his mood is. He's a shorts and t-shirt type guy, not like get all fancy and, you know, go to a, a, a like, you know, down in New York, a five-star steak restaurant or anything. Just this guy's easy, go with the flow. Him and his family, 
you know, they fell in love here. Dennis Allen, he was always their, their top target. Obviously they didn't execute a trade from the Raiders forward to get him, um, you know, for a lot of different reasons, but he ends up coming to New Orleans. He's been great since day one. The locker room has changed the mood, the personalities, everybody just feels a lot of, of joy by having Derek Carr in this building. And, and look, it's, it's not, it draws parallels to what Drew Brees' career trajectory. I mean, of course, Drew Brees, he hurt himself and it was just in San Diego. Saints take a chance on him. He ends up being the best thing since sliced bread, brings the Super Bowl, all those types of things. Derek's drawing some parallels because, you know, he's only played with the Raiders. That's all he's known. So now he comes to the Saints where, again, he feels rejuvenated. He's felt very confident since day one. And, and look, he's just trying. He's not coming in here to take over. He's coming in here to enhance to what they have, working on the chemistry. And what I love when I talk to players about him is he's just so positive and upbeat. He's complimentary of them. He's always trying to find out what best, what they could do, what like what he could do better on certain things and what he's seeing. And, and it's just been a very supportive atmosphere. And it's a reason why this team can really, you know, do things this season. And so I, I think there's a lot of pressure on them. But look, they got the right quarterback. And, and Derek Carr's never had anything higher than a top 20 defense, right? So you go into New Orleans, who's had a very good defense. Last eight games of the year, they allowed 20 points or less. And they only won half of them. I mean, that's just almost ridiculous from an offensive perspective. So as long as they can keep that up, add on Derek Carr. They improved their weaponry, you know, tight end room, the running back room, and the receiver position. This is a potential sleeper team when it comes to the NFC that could end up being there, make a postseason run. But obviously, we want to see it come together pretty early. It starts weeks one against the Texans and, I mean, the Titans. And then Derek Carr is going to be a huge part of their successes or failures. Oh, yeah, uh, understand. I mean, he's durable. He, you know, he hasn't missed a game because of injury. Uh, you know, he's, I mean, last year he got pulled. Uh, uh, and, but, but even even when quote unquote he wasn't doing great, he fed his he fed that top receiver. Devonte Adams had a banner year last year, so he knows how to get it to the the right guy. Is I mean, that is this? I don't know if this is. I mean, I, I don't think we can foresee this being kind of like the air raid system with. Uh, well, I don't want to call it the air raid system, but you know, with Drew Brees, where it was just bombs away all the time and and, and high high volume passing, but. Kind of how do you see the kind of the pass to the run ratio this year? Well, look, I know that they they wanted to take some of the pressure off of Alvin Kamara. They didn't want to mm -hmm. have as much of a workload on him. That's why you have Jamal Williams in the backfield. They drafted T, uh, Kendra Miller out of TCU, who's going to play a big factor this year. And so they want to try to get Alvin back to some of his roots, whether it's pass catching out of the backfield, not as many runs. You know, they got Jamal Williams that can kind of help them out. But, you know, look, I, I think when you look at this offense – you look at the receiver room, you look at all the pieces that this team has, you know, look on the surface, there are a lot of mouths to feed, but you know, one of the things I appreciate when I've talked to all the wide receivers is that nobody's, nobody's fighting each other for it. nobody's causing drama because everybody's trying to work on one goal. It, it, you know, Dennis Allen wears this shirt. He employed this last year. It's got a big team, little me at the bottom. And so that's kind of the mentality of the saints team is it's all about the team it's not about the individual. Um, you, you know, I think that there's just so many weapons to go around that could make this offense very scary. You know, Rashid Shaheed was a breath of fresh air last year. Chris Olave was excellent as a rookie. And you mentioned Derek Carr getting to his top targets. You know, Michael Thomas is a guy that's worked his way back. He needs this season 
more than anybody could ever know, including Mike himself. And so, look, their top three when healthy is very scary. Um, a lot of ways creatively the offense can move the football. I don't know if you'd say air raid system. I do think the pass will be a little bit heavier, but I don't think it has to because they have the ability to balance that out with the run. So it's kind of a pick your poison type scenario with this team. They can beat you in the air. They can beat you at wide receiver, tight end, running back. And it all starts again with number four, you know, piloting that offense. And, and the only concern I have for them going into this year is the durability of the offensive line. I think there's some major question marks there, but you don't make it an investment like Derek Carr and you got to have that offensive line intact. And, you know, so far it's been a little bit tough because some of the guys have been injured, some are slow and slow, whatever. Hopefully that comes together. No, that, that, that that's fantastic. So I, um, you touched on the running backs a little bit, kind of Kamara not getting it, not not getting as much work. So I want to I want to start with that because the last two years he got over 200 carries, but when he was just fantasy dynamite, he was in that you know 170 to 185 range with getting a ton of it. It, it was always 81 receptions. <laughs> there it was. Um, so uh, you know, with with the addition of Jamal Williams, who got 17 touchdowns last year, was very much a short yardage banger. And then Kendra Miller coming in, coming in from college, who's you know uh, uh, very very much running. Do you, is that going to take some of the the load off of him? And we we can I'll ask you about this you know potential for legal issues later. But um, but yeah, kind of is it is it still looking like Kamara as as the focal point but yes he's definitely getting support from these guys and they are going to be factors yeah they're going to be huge factors i mean again and jamal williams is out to prove that you know he's not just a touchdown plunger guy this is a guy in green bay they used him in the passing game and stuff i mean this is a guy that can do more same thing with kendra miller they didn't use do a lot of passing over at tcu that involved him but he's growing there he's he's explosive he has the ability. He's is, is contact and balance. Like when he, he gets contact, his balance is incredible. Something similar to Alvin Kamara. But look, they have a nice three-headed monster that can really work and complement each other. And look, I think Jamal Williams, you know, it's, it's funny because Detroit had a chance to bring him back, but they weren't going to pay him like enough. And it was almost like an insult is what, kind of what he said. And so it's funny with all these running backs and the contracts and stuff, Jamal actually came out kind of ahead with the way his contract is set up and with all these other guys kind of fighting right now. But look, I think Kamara, it's more of reminiscing what they had. They have a one-two punch with him and Jamal Williams. And honestly, Kendra Miller, I think he's going to cut into the target share. And again, I know that drives you crazy if you're a fantasy owner, but again, having three running back, three running, running back system that can do things when they're called upon makes for a nightmare scenario because you can't just stack the box against these guys. You have to be able to guard the pass. You can't just guard the pass because they have the talent to run the football. And and we didn't even talk about Taysom Hill running the football, right? That's a big oh. deal. That's something that's going to happen in this offense. The, the QB powers, the read options, all those types of things, those are still going to happen on this team. So this Saints rushing attack, even though the offensive line was a little bit 
you know, in and out because of the injuries and stuff, they still had a formidable run and attack. I just, you know, it, it needs to stay intact for them to have success this year. I think they've been a strong running team to start off training camp. I've seen a lot more success on the outside, which is something I didn't really see last year. Um, so I think the potential's there because, you know, you don't run Alvin Kamara between the tackles. I mean, you can, but it's just not, I mean, or in between in the middle, it's just not really where you want to run him on the inside. You want to run him on the outside. You want to give him creativity, some balance, some vision, all those types of things. But, you know, look, this is shaping up to be a very talented backfield, something the Saints just have not had in a long time. Yeah, and it seems like when they have more guys uh, contributing in the running game other than Kamara, he's at his best. And does he Does he look – I mean, you've watched him. You've watched him throughout his career. Does he Does he seem to have, like, the same burst that, that he had earlier? Yeah, he looks good as a route runner. He looks like he's still got some burst. And, you know, look, I think that we will want to see that on the field and see it on Sunday. But, you know, look, he's coming off of a couple of odd, weird years, right? And one year where he played hurt, he got hurt in Jacksonville, and he still played through that. Just hasn't been the dominant player like he was when his first couple of years with this offense. And I think part of that was, you know, you remember – they had a, a, a three-headed monster or a two-headed monster. Him and Alvin, uh, Mark Ingram were a, a boom and mm-hmm. zoom combo, right? And so they've tried over the years to get some. It just hasn't worked out, whether it's injuries. Last year at this time, the depth chart was just kind of a little bit iffy and suspect. And Mark was, you know, he's a veteran. He's a great story. And they traded for him the year before, and, and he – he can do things, but obviously it's not the same impact as a guy like a Jamal Williams or a Kendra Miller coming in here that can really take that pressure off of Alvin on an every down guy. And and look, his usage last year was just off the charts, like just in the sense of it'd be third and manageable, or it's a goal red line, red zone goal line situation, and he's not in the game. So that that just doesn't make sense to me. He's one of your best players, mismatch for a lot of play uh, defenders. And you just didn't have him in the game. So I, I look forward to that, you know, where he might not take a ton of carries. He gets used in the right spots for this offense. Oh, fantastic. Well, um, last year, you helped me help a lot of people. I don't know if you know this. Um, you gave me just a glowing review of Chris Olave's early working camp. How you you just you said this guy's this guy is is the future, and um, so now he's going to have that wide receiver one target on him, and looking looking at that, uh, could he be even with, with you know assuming there's uh, a, retu- a full return to health for Michael Thomas, who I'm going to ask about next, but uh, is is he the clear number one, and could we be seeing a season getting 140 or so targets out of him? I don't know if I'd say he's the clear number one right now because if Mike's healthy, Mike's that guy, right? And I think Lave can be, if he needs to be a top receiver, he has bulked up. He put on about, I think, seven pounds is what he told us, hmm. and he's bulked up because one of the things that he worked off worked on during the offseason was contested catches and just trying to be more physical at that point of attack. And so I think that's really where you've seen him grow a little bit more, and he's a, he was a polished route runner. Smooth as the other side of the pillow, as Jameis Winston referred to him as a rookie. Uh, you know, just a guy that can do a lot of different things. I will say in training camp, something that does jazz me up a little bit, he's been working some in the slot, which is something a little bit new of a wrinkle we haven't seen. And so if Mike's on the outside, Rashid Shahid's on the other side, Alave in the slot, if his diverse route tree, I think it could be something. I'm not saying it's going to happen yet, but we're starting to see that early on in training camp. 
kind of gets me really excited at that notion. But look, I think Alave is definitely at worst case, a solid wide receiver two on this team, possibly wide receiver one. I think he's going to have a monster target share still. I think he's going to have a great season. I don't think anything less than a thousand yards, maybe five touchdowns is, 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 you know, I think that's kind of where I would think that he could at least finish. I think he has the potential to do more because he was a, a, a target machine, a receiving machine, and he just didn't get into the end zone as much. But, man, he was just getting it. When they had the injuries against Carolina, he was getting fed the ball time after time after time. And he, was, he can hold up to 10 to 12 targets a game if they want to do that because they've got weapons all over that can also take those targets too. So uh, you talked about can't guard Mike, uh, Michael Thomas. And I remember, especially the Atlanta game, where uh, he had two great touchdown catches that were contested catches off A.J. Terrell, who's one of the best cover corners in the NFL. And uh, Jameis Winston put the ball on the money both, you know, both times. Just when you see that, it makes you think, oh, it's still there. It's still there. I mean, there there was some question marks that that, that he's healthy, but it looks like he's healthy, right, at, at this point? Yeah, I don't know if I'd say he's 100% healthy. I just can't okay. say that. And Mike talked to us today, so, you know, he kind of alluded to that. But, you know, if he's not – if you were to tell me he's not 100% right now, I would never know because he looks good. He looks strong in his breaks. He looks strong on his route running. He's been a full go of training camp since day one, which is really important. I love the fact that in last year, he's a guy that I, I talked and hyped up in training camp because he looked like Michael Thomas, right? And so it was unfortunate to see the injury. You know, last year against the Falcons, didn't start the best for Michael in, in the first half, but he really turned it on in the second half, especially those big touchdowns and stuff. I, again, he needs this season. This is a guy that had a Hall of Fame trajectory written all over him before all these injuries piled up. And it's been a few years, and now he's he's kind of banking on himself to do it because I don't want to say this is the last time that he can make a run at it. But, look, he has a good season, a post a good season, and he doesn't have to have a 1,000 yards to do that. But I think that getting into the end zone is huge for him, getting receptions, targets, being Derek Carr's top target is going to be key for him. You know, they talked about – the lack of moving the chains and contested catches last year. Mike's a guy that can do both of those for you. I think he looks really good so far. I think he looks strong. And if he's saying he is not hundred percent healthy, then you, you're kind of fooling me because I think he looks good. And from everything that we saw, I'm just waiting for Mike to take it into overdrive because that's how Michael Thomas is as a player. He's very competitive. He's always going to have a chip on his shoulder. He's always going to try to deliver and outdo whoever he's facing against. And I look forward to the day where I could say, okay, week one, Mike is back. He's got six catches, 100 yards, a touchdown. Like we can just kind of breathe a sigh of relief. And so I think that that pressure is going to come off him a little bit with all the weapons that you have around him too. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, before before I ask you a question about the tight ends, Rashid Shahid kind of a sleeper? I would say so. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, look, if you're drafting, again, the, the, the concern is if you play fantasy, it's going to be a nightmare to figure out who you start. And, yeah. Like you're going to basically say it's a risk or reward, just like Taysom Hill. It's a boom or bust sometimes. I love Rashid Shahid in year two. And the biggest thing that I tell you about him and a lot of these guys, they're playing with confidence. And so you can see it with Shahid that he's, he's been hooked up. He's super fast. His 
route running looks even better. He looks more polished in his route running. He's getting breaks on the ball. He's being able to catch him a lot easier. You know, he's he's had a couple of go routes where he just gets behind the defense and there's just no stopping this guy. And so Derek Carr bombs to Rashid Shaheed. He could get you a couple of catches in the game. He has a big play ability for you. I think he's somebody that continues to, to just put in more work and just is able to shine through day in and day out. And I'm really excited at seeing what he's able to do in preseason. Some he can also do return game. We'll see if that's still the case this year, but he's going to give the saints another element. And so again, all these receivers healthy, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting offense combination. It's a nice concoction to, to lead to something really good. No, fantastic. So, uh, about the tight ends, uh, I really feel like it's a it's a duo with Taysom Hill and Juwan Johnson. Now, I, I am recommending, I've been recommending and actually doing it myself, grabbing Taysom Hill in best ball drafts because I don't have to think about it. He gets put in the lineup when he blows up for four touchdowns against Seattle <laughs> automatically. But um, it, it, you know, how do how do you see? I mean, do you, do you see both of them being significant factors in this offense? Well, the Saints have said that they have a better understanding of how to utilize Taysom and, and this year. And, and the thing about it, similar to Kamara last year, and some of this falls on their offensive coordinator, Pete Carmichael, and he's owned that and, and such. But, you know, Taysom, I think I did looked into it. It was like any game that he had over 20 snaps, Saints were like 6-2 and two last season. And in the games that he wasn't, they, I don't know if they even won. I think they're like maybe 0-8 or something like that. But, you know, I'd have to double check. But he makes an impact on the game. He has to see at least 20, 25 snaps. I don't know what capacity that would be at. Presumably tight end, but he's still going to do the QB power. He can catch passes out of the backfield. He's definitely a weapon. He's a football player. And he does it there. He does it on special teams. Wherever he goes, he can do it, and he can still throw the football, right? He's getting quarterback reps, so it's an interesting dynamic they have. I think he's obviously one of the guys that you look at when you're talking about tight end ratings. He's probably one of the higher ones. You know, I was shocked to see where people are landing Jawan Johnson because this guy was, if you picked him up last year or you had him, he was a, a, a real big addition for you in the middle part of the season. And so I think he has a very big sleeper potential. You know, I'm not going to tell you he's going to put up Darren Waller type production because he just has that potential to do that. Um, So I think he's going to have a a strong season, probably a career best in most of the categories. I think he has that potential. And look, I wouldn't forget about Foster Moreau. I think he's a sleeper, maybe not somebody that you just say, is going to get you a huge amount of points, but could be a sneaky play, especially if you're in a cash league or anything like that. Daily fantasy might be an interesting option. And of course, they added Jimmy Graham too, and he looks good. I think he might, you know, based off of what we've seen, he might end up making this team. And of course, it's six days into training camp, but he looks like the Jimmy we kind of remember. He's jazzed up about being back home. This tight end room is really impressive, really nice to addition to have, and just look at how they were last year to this year. It's just so refreshing just to see so many positions that legitimately have you excited. I'm glad you brought up Jimmy Graham because I, I at first when I saw that he signed, I thought it was going to be one of those one day contracts to retire uh, with the team. So I, 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 yeah, I love that. I mean, heck, He's a jump ball specialist. I mean, he he could just be that guy in the, in the end zone. So um, yeah. You, 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 oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, and, and with Jimmy Graham, of course that was thinking, but you know, what I would say, I, I, I knew it wasn't because the way the Saints handle retirement announcements, they don't just put something like up. They'll they'll usually call us in 
um, and say there's a special ceremony or something like that. They got a little bit more respect, I guess you would say, for people that would retire that made it such a big impact on the franchise. And so I knew it wasn't that, but I was just surprised because Jimmy Graham didn't play football last year. He said he had offers from teams, especially in the playoffs and stuff. And he's kind of just said, I didn't want to play anywhere else than other than New Orleans. And I mean, again, it's just, you think about where he was, where he ended up and then just wasn't really the same when he left New Orleans. And of course that wasn't his fault because he got traded, but at the same time he's back. 36 but man he he made a play the other day where he trucked the cornerback i mean this is vintage jimmy moments that we're seeing in <laughs> camp and so again it makes me excited to think of the prospect of jimmy graham even just being a small factor in this offense especially in the red zone great one more weapon i gotta pay attention to now so <laughs> love <laughs> too it. many of them this year yeah exactly hey you know what it's 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 better than what's ha- what's been a couple of the last couple of years where it's been too narrow and maybe some guys go worn down um, you talked about the offensive line. Anything else you'd want to add about the the state of the O-line? Yeah, I think a lot of this, the question marks are who's left guard and who's left tackle, right? It's just the right side and center position are no problem. Cesar Ruiz, he's all good from his Achilles. I mean, sorry, his uh, Liz Frank injury. He's good to go. Ryan Ramchek is a guy that's going to be there. Uh, and then Eric McCoy. The left side is really the one that's concerning in the sense of second-year guy Trevor Penning, is expected to take the left tackle spot. He's still got some growing up to do. They do have the veteran James Hurst who could kick inside at left guard. He's played guard. He played guard at Baltimore. Um, and, and he could also play at left tackle like what they have had him at, in recent years. And so Andres Pete, unfortunately, he just has never been able to make it a full season. He got hurt in camp the other day. It's a strain quad. It's minor. Uh, so, But still, it's just one of those things where – where I've been telling people, it's not a matter of if it happens for the Saints offensive line. It's a matter of when and their depth and their plan B and C has got to be as good as it can be because of the investment you made with Derek Carr. They just can't afford to have him get hit constantly or not be able to open up run lanes. And I feel confident about where their depth is. But again, it's just one of those things of you want it when it looks good with the starters. It's one thing. But outside of that, when something happens, that's where the big concern is going to come into play. Oh, fantastic. You mentioned, uh, you talked about the defense. So the other side of the ball, uh, one of uh, you, you talked about it, Derek Carr has not had a top flight defense. This has been one of the best run defenses for several years. Obviously you got uh, Marshawn Lattimore, who's been dealing with injuries or uh, dealt with injuries last year. What does uh, kind of, how, how are they shaping up against the run in the past this year? Yeah, look, they've had a complete overhaul in the defensive interior as one of the things. And, and so, obviously, David Onyemata left. He went to the Falcons. Shai Tuttle left. He went to Carolina. They had Contavious Street. He went to the Eagles and such. So, the only guy that's left over from last year on the interior is Malcolm Roach. They drafted Brian Brisset with their first-round uh, first pick. He looks to be somebody that can be moved all over the line, but they invested in the free agent spot. They got Nathan Shepard of the Jets, and they got Colin Saunders of the Chiefs. Collins more of a run plugger guy, but he's very fast for his weight. And he told us like his reported playing weight is at 325. But he told us the other day he's in that 315 to 318 range right now. And a guy can move for his size. So he's more of a nose tackle guy, but he can move. And they brought these two guys in really because they're better pass rushers. They, you know, look at analytics and all that. 
had better pass rush win rates uh, as opposed to the other guys they had last year. But fixing the run is first and foremost. They see a lot of read option quarterback teams, you know, mobile quarterbacks, two way, whatever you want to call them um, this year, especially. And so eye discipline is going to be big. Their edge guys are going to be huge. Um, and in the linebacker spot, Demario Davis comes in. Pete Warner, uh, you know, assuming that he stays healthy, is, it, there's going to be a formidable defense. They play a lot of the nickel, you know, coverage. But you know, we're waiting to see who's the next guy that's going to step up, like Caden Ellis did last year, and, and he went to Atlanta too and got a nice payday that was very deserved. And so the back end, you know, look, Mickey Loomis has said that they need Marshawn Lattimore and Michael Thomas to be the players that they remember to be able to succeed. And so I think their secondary is definitely strong. Marcus May was dealing with some injuries and stuff last year. He looks good so far. And, and so I think that's good for his confidence. And same thing with Lattimore. He's dealing with so many different things, you know, lacerated kidney, all those types of things and, and such that just kept him off the field. And once he got back in, you just saw Marshawn. So I think the Saints defense is kind of underrated. I, again, the last, the biggest problem with them is they didn't have takeaways last year. And so mm-hmm. that's been more of an emphasis, more of a thing we've heard. We've seen it in training camp too. fumble, force fumbles, uh, interception, all those things. Again, when we see it on the field, it's going to be good. But I think there's more reason to be optimistic about the Saints defense. I don't think that you say continuity is what they have from last year to this year, but I think they can still be a top flight defense, top 15, top 10 ceiling, maybe push the top five. But, you know, again, there are some moving parts and pieces and new coaches there in some aspects and new defensive coordinator. Once we see it on the field, I feel like it's going to still, it, it won't drop off. I don't think that at all. I think it'll be stellar. And it's one of those things where it may not pay off dividends early on. It may be one of those things where they ramp up in the middle in the back half like they did last year and allow them 20 points or less in those last eight. And that's when you're really going to see the bread and butter. They'll figure out the, the kinks and fix the kinks early on. That's where every team does if you're a good team. Well, no kinks in this uh, in this assessment, Miamigo. This has been awesome. This has been awesome. So uh, uh, we've talked about it before. You've got the yours is my favorite eating city in the world. So any <laughs> any any recent Mexican food discoveries? I don't know about discoveries, but you know, I, I there's a place I live on the North Shore, and and I love this place called Los Cantaritos. It's just every time I get there, and then uh, they have a, a beautiful huevos rancheros, and then obviously just some of their other things they do. It's a, the chicken plates with the rice and the queso and stuff. It's like it's just one of my favorite things. It just makes me happy thinking about it because I love me some Mexican food. And I mean, they got tons of other ones there and then of course and if you're in new orleans superior grill is kind of like one of those top ones for authenticity and stuff like that but you know you can find good mexican food and most of the ones you can find are kind of those hole in the walls where it's like mama's cooking you know what i mean like oh, mama yes. or grandma's cooking the hard the freshly pressed corn tortillas and all those types of things the fresh baked churro beans and all those like just oh and we have some eclectic different ones like there's some good honduran restaurant there's two of them in Mandeville, georgia's restaurant and in balietas uh just honduran cuisine which you know if you're you know hispanic food honduran's a little bit different like the plantains and stuff so mm-hmm. oh i could go on but man it's so good down here it's just so many good spots that you can find and i know we're known for cajun food which is amazing or soul food um, <laughs> but you know you can find some really good mexican food down here 
Oh man. Well, yeah, you, you, you mentioned the food. Yeah. You, you gotta, you gotta have the great food if you're going to put up with the extreme heat. So yeah, we'll yeah. definitely take burn that. it all off in the sun. <laughs> that's for sure. At least yeah. I like to think so. Yeah. just, uh, yeah. And some cool, some cool, nice, cool drinks there in the French quarter and mm-hmm. bourbon street. Oh, mi amigo. Uh, you're in the heat of training camp. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, anything, anything you got coming up that you want to pump, feel free. Uh, look, if you go to SI.com's coverage, saints.media is probably the easiest way to follow us. Um, you know, look, daily recaps of training camp coverage, video recaps. I'm also on Boot Crew Media on YouTube as well. But look, if you want to know, I do a very thorough and detailed recap of practice. Again, I put my stuff against anyone. I'm always locked in, dialed in. Check out saints.media or Saints News on Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, all those things. For all the coverage, it's not just me. Ross Jackson does a fantastic job. So does Kyle, T. Mosley, and, and Bob Rose. We work really hard to bring some great Saints coverage. And so definitely check us out there. Uh, definitely, definitely. Well, yeah, yeah I, I love it. Love it. That's how we're going to – That exactly. That's how I knew that Chris Olave was going to be the, the man last year. So, uh, mi amigo, among among everything. Fantastic. Uh, familia, one more time. Saying muchas gracias to our invitado, John Hendricks, otra vez. Thank you all for joining us. Make sure you you can you can follow follow John one more time. Is here's his information at John J Hendricks on Twitter. Make sure you're following that, following along there. Uh, you can find me at Jorge Martin seventeen on Twitter. Everywhere else, it's Familia FFB, FamiliaFFB.com. Also, but make sure you're going to that YouTube page, Familia FFB. Give us that thumbs up. Give us that, hit that subscriber button, Familia, and I will answer your comment if you want to tell us how great John was as a guest. So uh, also, lastly, just make sure underdogfantasy.com, use that promo code FAMILIA23, going to get matched up to your first $100. So uh, otra vez, everybody, muchas, muchas gracias to John and muchas gracias to you. And remember, todos somos familia. Salud.